Are you married to an unbeliever? Perhaps you married before you were born again and that you married an unbeliever. Is that your case? What does the Bible say about that? What are you supposed to do now? You might have married someone who loved hanging out at bars and drinking and nightclubbing or partying or somebody that was a dope addict. What does the Bible tell us? Well, first of all, you as a believer live as a believer. And this makes it very clear that if the unbeliever is pleased to dwell with you as a believer, go ahead and let that unbeliever dwell with you. But if that unbeliever is not pleased to dwell with you, let him depart. It doesn't say for you to divorce the unbeliever, but rather you would want the unbeliever to leave you. And if he tries, he or she tries to leave you after you have become a believer, don't try to get that unbeliever to stay with you. Let him depart. Let her depart. This is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. Meaning, he's meaning it's his opinion. But he says he thinks he has the mind of Christ on the subject. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. But what if the unbeliever is not pleased to dwell with you? What if he or she is always fussing at you because of the Bible, because of the Word of God, because you don't want to go the way that you once went? Paul says, if the unbeliever depart, let him depart. Don't try to keep the unbeliever with you. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. I've had two people in our church group that just troubled me greatly. One of them was 39 years in our church group. I tried several times to get her to leave our church group, but I was never comfortable with that, and I always gave in and had her come back. But at one point in time, God showed me she was going to leave. And sure enough, she did leave. I was at that time in a hospital. I had fallen and broken the left hip and left wrist and was in really bad condition after surgery. She came into my room and she sat down and said to me, I don't care about anything or anyone anymore. I don't read the Bible anymore. I don't read the blog anymore. I just don't care anymore. 
And I said to her, but if you go that way, what's going to happen to you? And she said to me, I don't want to talk to you about this. And she got up and went into the bathroom, which was in my room. A nurse came in just at that moment to do something with me. And I called to this church woman and I said, don't leave until we've talked a little more. Don't leave until this nurse finishes with me. But she snuck out of the bathroom and disappeared. Two weeks prior to this situation, I'd had an open vision about this woman. I thought it was a drug hallucination because they had been giving me so many drugs after surgery. But I saw her standing at the foot of my hospital bed. She didn't say anything. She just stared at me. And then she turned with her back to me and just walked through the wall. Well, I thought it was a drug hallucination. But when she actually did this disappearing act, I knew what I had seen with her walking through the wall was an open vision from God showing me she was going to leave us. She was going to depart from us. And that's exactly what happened. Later, she did send me an email and apologize. She said, I had no mercy at all toward you in what I did. I sent her a response saying, don't worry about this at all, because I'm glad you're gone. You were nothing but trouble to me for 39 years. I don't know how to help you. And I told her, I said, I think something must be wrong with you medically, maybe, because you can't remember things. Maybe you should go to a doctor and medical doctor because I know I can't help you. She did go to a medical doctor, and it didn't seem that there was much wrong with her by her report. But you can never tell by her reports, because she often told things that weren't true. You didn't ever know whether she was telling you the truth or not, because she could not remember the truth. I don't know where the situation ended up being, I know in dreams God keeps showing me that she is not better. She is still bad. She is still going the wrong way. But I can't help her. I know I can't help her. It pulls me down. God has clearly shown me to let her depart. So it could be a situation of a marriage or it could be a friendship where they're always troubling you. And they won't do the things of the Bible. Even though they call themselves a Christian, they won't do the things of the Bible. This was like my cousin. She had been Church of Christ member her entire life. From the time she was a baby, she was taken to church by my aunt, Church of Christ. At 97 years old, she wrote to me and said, Oh, I just, I do fine during the day, but I get so lonely at night. Her husband died 10 years ago. I said, Oh, I just got excited. I knew there was an answer to help her. I said, Oh, all you have to do is Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. All you have to do is pray when you start feeling pulled down. 
She wrote me about two weeks later, and in her letter she said, I do fine during the day, but at night I get so lonely. There's a scripture which says, after the first and second admonition that you give them, if they won't heed the admonition, reject, just walk away from Titus chapter 3. And that's what I did with her. I left her. I did write her and warn her that she had Ephesians 4 completely wrong. But I never heard from her. And I, she may be dead by now. That's been a couple of years ago. You can't have anything to do with them because you can't help them. There are people you cannot help, though you try over and over and over. Well, we're told in the Bible, a man that is an heretic, if he proves himself to you that he won't do the word of God, he's a heretic. So after the first and second admonition, just cut it off and walk away. Knowing that such a man sinneth and is condemned of himself. That's in Titus chapter 3. And that is something I have been doing since I had it called to my attention about six months ago. We have another very important scripture on this. And that is in Second uh, John. Starting at verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He may say to you he's a Christian, or she may say she's a Christian, but if they do not live in the doctrine of Christ doing the word of God, they don't have God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. It makes very good sense to me that they would depart in this period of time because we draw nearer to the return of Jesus and the coming of Jesus for the church. And if they are unbelievers, though they say they're believers, they will depart. We read that in 1 John chapter 2, that there are many antichrists in the church. In the day of John, there were many antichrists in the church group. Antichrist is not one man. Antichrist is a spirit in human beings, and there are many antichrists who don't really believe the scriptures. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. It's end times. Even in the days of John and Paul, the end times had begun. And as ye have heard that antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. 
They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. We had the instruction, if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. For God hath called us to peace. Why is peace so important right now? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Peter is talking about the return of Jesus for the church. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. If you are always going to be troubled by that person, arguing with that person, striving with that person, debating with that person, troubled by him or her. You cannot be in peace. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace. So, if you're married to an unbeliever and he departs, let him depart. For God has not called us into bondage, but into peace. And if you have a person in your midst who is a thorn in your flesh, though that person may call himself a Christian or herself a Christian, but is always troubled and fearful, that means that person is not turning to God, as Paul said to do. You can't live with that kind of person. You can't be friends with that Christian person who always is fearful and always concerned about something and casting all her cares on you, burdening you. You can't live with that person. You can't follow God with that person. You'll be pulled down by that person. You can tell that person once or twice, do Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Turn to God with your concerns. Live in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. If that person will not do that, you have to leave that person. You can't follow God with that person. Or that person will leave you if you speak strongly enough. In many cases, God will work out another way for that person to depart from you. Don't try to get the, that person to come back. Leave that person alone. 
This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.